Welcome to Once Upon a Roll, a D&D podcast where I, Rasputin, play a one-on-one session of D&D 5th edition with a guest in the land of Cortia, a homebrew setting that I've been using for the past two years. Each episode takes place at a different time and place across Cortia in order to bring new stories to my world. So if you missed an early episode, feel free to go back and check it out, but you won't be completely lost if you start here. Also, if you're interested in following updates about the show, follow the Twitter account at onceuponaroll underscore. Um, furthermore, if you'd like to chat about the podcast and D&D in general, consider joining the Once Upon a Roll Discord chat. We talk about experiences playing the game, and you can ask me questions about Cortia and see maps and uh, get other little tidbits. Lastly, if you want to support the show, check out the Once Upon a Roll Patreon. There are cool rewards like getting uh, the show early, having access to the character sheets of each guest, and being able to create an NPC that will appear in the show. Any support is greatly appreciated, and thank you to those who are already back in. Um, Links for everything I mentioned are in the description. Anyway, without any further ado, I would like to welcome on my guest for this episode, the hypest man on the internet, my good friend, Perry of the Perry Dactyl Show program. Hey, Perry, welcome to the show. Yo, what up, dude? Not much. Um, My my customary question is, have you ever played D&D? Is that a... Is that dingoes and didgeridoos? I've I've never played that before, Rez. What what's that? <laughs> oh, you're gonna love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry for being a very funny boy. I played D and D before. It's a it's a good game. Yeah, uh, it's a fun time. Um, <laughs> have you ever played a one on one session before? No, I've never had the pleasure, but I'm very excited to. So yeah, glibness aside, Perry plays in uh, w- one of my campaigns, and I'm trying to think if you and I have even had like secret sidebar for like 20 minutes with one of your characters, and I don't know that I we don't really think have. We have. Like the only thing we've had is like, hey Raz, can I do this thing? <laughs> <laughs> your characters usually, you know, are are op- not. Nah, that's not even true. Whatever. My characters uh, <laughs> are usually there. You know, your characters are usually there. They're not trying to hide in the shadows. Yeah. And do secret weird stuff to the party. But they could be if you're listening and you're in the party. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so you have pretty much given me a character. Yeah. And I, I I built some ideas off of it. I'm very excited, dude. I have no idea what to expect here. It should be a, a good time. I think I'll say now if this bears any resemblance to any like popular franchises out there, uh, you know, don't. It's just coincidence, right? Me. Like it's, you're not borrowing I think so. anything. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not paying homage to shit I like. Definitely not. Um, but we'll see how it goes. So yeah, why don't we jump into this episode? Yeah. The kingdom of Cortia has thrived for over a thousand years. In that time, it's endured war against powerful enemies, outlasted deadly feuds between its lords and fought against evil, both this plane and others. However, during the most recent festival of the autumn sun, the sage's ritual revealed a nearly forgotten omen, the sign of black sun, a symbol only seen once before, and it almost led to the destruction of Cortia. Panicked, the common folk in the capital city rioted, and when the dust settled, the king was dead, and his two children had disappeared in the night. The lord of the city of Edgewood, Tom Dunn, restored peace to the capital, and with no heirs of the king anywhere to be seen, he decided to sit the throne and take the position of Lord Regent. But this story starts a few months before the Festival of the Autumn Sun. Far to the north, 
somewhere in the vast desert between the city of Valia and the kingdom of Tilb. You step along a narrow corridor, a torch in one hand, and your father's old journal in the other. It's hard to believe that it has already been three years since your father was hired to be part of a dig somewhere in Cortia. And it's hard to believe it's been three years and he hasn't come back yet. He left you with only two things, a pile of debt and his old notes. You found that the latter has helped quite a bit with the former. He did a copious amount of research on lost temples and hordes of treasures that he hoped to one day excavate. And since the journal found its way into your hands, you've uncovered a few of those temples and treasures. The light of your torch flickers against the sandstone bricks that make up the walls, floor, and ceiling of the corridor you walk. You flip the journal into your back pocket and continue onward. Can I get you to make a perception check? Sure. It's a 14. As you're walking along, you feel your foot step down and you hear a click. Can I react to this or? You just hear the click. Okay. It's enough where you probably stop moving. Yeah. And then you look around. You see your foot, even though it's just a tiny bit, you know, has gone down into the ground. And you look at the walls and you see little holes, tiny little holes, just lining the whole hallway in front of you and behind you. Whew. <laughs> okay, so like. There's holes behind me, too? <laughs> yeah. It's not like a step back and I'm good. It, oh, it seems God. like this. Okay, hold on. <laughs> oh, jeez. I have no idea what to do here. Um, Okay. I, I could cast a spell on myself, but I feel like it'd be kind of useless. Uh, how, can, I, can I determine how long this hallway is? Yeah. Uh, looking out, I mean, your light probably shines about 30 feet. Uh, halflings have dark vision, correct? Yeah, they do. Your torch shines about 30 feet, and your dark vision can look a little bit past that. It seems like the hallway goes on for a while. You can't tell how long these holes go on for, though. Um, they do seem to go to the edge of where your light is. How big is this uh, this button I've, I've pressed upon with my foot? It's about, like, a square foot. Okay. Can I, can I use something in my bag to, like, gently swap my foot for an object you can certainly try to so i just have like a dungeoneer's pack i don't know what's gonna would, would a hand axe be heavy enough the hand axe is not that heavy i'm like 30 pounds i'm small <laughs> yeah hand axe is probably like five yeah pounds, it's maybe. not very heavy oh i know i'm gonna need rope oh guys oh dude oh no um this is so very difficult um maybe <laughs> the first the first choice always the hardest um, i guess i'm just gonna leave my rope because that's the probably the heaviest thing i have on me can i use like 25 feet maybe so you'd have to like cut Fuck. it that's not gonna work screw it dude i'm just gonna toss all my rope i'm a seasoned adventurer i know how to escape these problems you're setting your rope down on yeah like on top okay. of like where my foot is i'm just gonna slip my foot out so yeah you put the rope on top of your foot and then slip it out yeah as soon as you do it, you see the the weight sensor kind of go up like a fraction of an inch, but then hold under the rope, and nothing seems to be coming out of the sidewalls. I'm going to very carefully <laughs> move forward, but also I'm not going to like do a super slow pace because I don't want to be in here if that rope just does not hold. Okay. 
So it's like a kind of a quick walk. Yeah, yeah. Where you're like scanning the ground yeah. and walls. <laughs> exactly. All right, make another perception check. Okay, come on, come on. No, it's a 12, so no problem. Okay. You're like moving just a little too fast to really take, you know, a good look at everything around you. Okay. But as you move, you notice probably after walking about 50 feet that the little holes on the side of the wall are no longer there. And it doesn't seem like you have triggered anything else. (sighs) She says, uh, am I still, is there still like just one hallway in front of me or? Yeah. As you continue down it, you do see in the distance, like the shine of light. It doesn't seem like enough light to be leading outside. But definitely seems to be leading into a lit room. I'd like to move forward and inspect the lit lit room. You continue down the corridor. And as you kind of get to the entrance, you see that it moves into a large square room. Uh, As you step in it, you notice it almost looks like you're standing on like an interior balcony. And that balcony kind of goes around the edge of the room, looking down into a pit that's in the center of it. Okay. As you like peek into the pit you cannot see the bottom you notice like small streams of sand slowly trickling down from the ceiling you've been in temples submerged by sand and dirt before but it always leaves you a little uneasy it's not a not a simple thing to do Um, the open space the open space in the center of the room is about like 70 by 70 feet and the only thing within it is a small walkway maybe about two feet wide that goes from the balcony that surrounds the center of the room to a platform directly in the middle. A small beam of sunlight falls onto the platform from a hole in the ceiling, shining onto a pedestal and a stone wall behind it that stands about five feet tall. You can't see what's on the pedestal or read what's on the wall from where you stand. So it sounds like I'm going to have to go on the catwalk, dude. (sighs) So there's no other way I can get across. Like that is the only way. Yeah, there's only way to get to the middle of the room where the pedestal and wall are. Oh, jeez. It seems like you could, you know, walk around to the other side, I suppose, uh, to see if there's anything over there. But from your angle, it doesn't seem like there's any other walkway. Yeah, I'll do that real quick. Yeah, you kind of do a loop around, and, you know, that confirms the only way, except maybe from above, would be across that walkway. Shoot, she says suppose I'll have to do this. And uh, really regretting not having rope with her anymore. Um, (laughs) She's just going to cross her fingers and hope this walk goes okay. Okay. You, you know, take one step, you know, onto the walkway. Notice that it seems like it can hold your weight, you know, to start walking across. I imagine slowly. Yes. Very slowly. slowly. Uh, You get the sense that for someone a little bit taller, a little bit bigger, this might be treacherous, but you in your halfling form can move across it pretty pretty easily. This seems almost like a wide path for you. <laughs> oh, okay. You, uh, you know, get closer and closer, and eventually you make it to the center platform in the middle of the room, and you see a pedestal that is probably about, like, you know, four inches taller than you. Oh, and you see a stone God. wall that's about five feet behind it. Is there anything on the stone wall? Yeah, on um, the stone wall, there is a picture of what looks like a massive jewel that is sheer black. And you see under it, it says, Her black jewel rests in Morian's right eye. 
Can I roll like a history check or something yeah. to see if I know what that means? Yeah. Okay. 21. We're looking good. <laughs> looking very good. You aren't fully familiar, you know, with too much of the lore uh, of the Black Jewel. In, in your father's notes, you do know that that is why you came to this location, you know, looking for massive treasure of, of a, a jewel worth more than anyone could ever imagine, a uh, jewel with power and whatnot. You don't know much more past that. The, the name Morian does, you know, strike a chord with you. Uh, you know that just south of Valia is Lake Morian, which has three islands on it, which kind of makes a slight face. So you imagine maybe it's referring to one of those islands. All right. Is there any way that I could check to see what's on the pedestal now? You could, you know, get on your tiptoes. <laughs> okay. Or I'm only three feet tall. I'm not very tall. Yeah. yeah. Or like maybe stand on your pack, I guess. Yeah, stand on my pack. <laughs> okay, yeah, you, <laughs> we'll do that. You set your pack on the ground, you know, put one foot on it, the other, and it gets you just about eye level with what's on the pedestal, which you see is a small black amethyst. Ooh. Is there any, like, engravings or anything else on the pedestal, or is it just the black jewel? Just the black jewel. Can I can I do, like, an investigation to see, like, if picking this up will trigger anything? 100%. Check for traps. <laughs> yeah. Ooh! Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have I have, uh, I have my um, lucky feet. I could re-roll. Oh, it's an attack. Okay, no, it is. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to spin that. <laughs> okay. What'd you roll? Uh, I rolled a nat one. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, it says I could re-roll it, um, but I have to use whatever the new does. Okay. Which I assume will be better. Oh, it's a little bit better. Uh, that's going to be a nine. You look around and you do not see anything that causes you alarm. Does not seem to be trapped in any way. With that in mind. Now, can I can I touch the jewel to see if it'll come out gently or anything? Can I, like, try to shimmy it or a little or something? Yeah, you can certainly try. Because if not, I have tools to forcefully remove it. So it does seem like it's just, like, sitting on top of it. Not that it's, like, embedded into the pedestal. Uh, can I put my... Okay, so this is going to be kind of complicated, especially considering how small I am. Could I slip my hand underneath it to see if there's, like, a, a weight press or something? Yeah. You'd like to do that? I'd like to do that, please. Okay. You just, like, under the jewel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you slowly move your hand forward, you know, trying to, like, give a slight push yeah. onto uh, the pedestal. And it seems like it's solid rock and it's not moving down at all. As you kind of, okay. like, get, like, next to the amethyst, it, it seems like it's all solid rock. Okay. Um, well, with my good, good investigation, um, I'm just going to pick it up, put it in my pack, and start going out of here. Yeah. You, you take a breath and you scoop it up. And then you hear a voice from behind you. <gasps> well, I didn't think you'd beat us here, too. You turn, and you see a tall dragonborn man with chic black scales. He wears traveling leathers, but they're fancier than anyone who is exploring a sunken temple has any business wearing. You and he have had some previous business together. The dragonborn man is Oberyn Brando. You were both working together to uncover the treasure of Umelfo a few years ago. And from what you recall, there was a fair amount of double-crossing in the whole affair. It's hard to remember who started it, but you definitely finished it and made off with the priceless goblet. You see next to him are eight men with crossbows. <laughs> That's not good. 
So, what'd you find there, Fira? Oh, nothing. Just, um, just checking up some stuff on my father's journal. Nothing to worry about, Oberyn. I came here for that same jewel, so if you could hand it over. Oh, this old rock, it looks like someone already beat us to the punch, I'm afraid. Roll a deception check. I'm so good at that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a Fair, you never were much of a liar. Hand it over. Or I'll give you a few bolts instead. Ooh, this is not a good spot to be in right now. Um, could I perhaps cast a sp Okay, 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 okay. So I have a very, I have, I have to know this. So this Oberyn guy's right, right behind me. He's right in front of me right now. He is on the balcony area right now. He oh, has not crap. crossed the, the walkway. And there's, I don't know where this thing goes at the bottom. <laughs> oh gosh. Can I can I look around to see if there's anything else I could I, I could perhaps jump to or something? Yeah. Roll a perception check. Alright. 14. Okay. Yeah, you look around. Uh, you know, I imagine like fear is kind of like doing the I'm having a casual conversation with you as I yeah. try to <laughs> Yeah, she's um, just side-eyeing everything as she's like yeah. trying to play it cool. You look, it seems like if you were to try to climb the five foot you know, wall, and then maybe jump to the other side, it'd be quite a jump. Hmm. You probably would struggle to make it to the other side. You might be able to grab, like, a handhold down low and start climbing up. It does seem like, you know, the the walls that attach to the balcony have holds that you could climb, but you definitely would be in danger. You look up, you see, like, a hole in the ceiling that's probably about, like, four feet around. Aside from that, though. Okay, so, like, is that ceiling, is daylight coming out through there? Daylight, is, daylight is coming through there. Okay. Well, I know what I want to do. Uh, I'm going to, uh, Fira is going to take her whistle. She's going to blow it, and hopefully her friend comes. <laughs> all right. You pick up the whistle and blow with all your might. I need you to roll initiative. Okay. I rolled a 17. All right. Oberyn says, try to take her alive if you can, and he turns and walks back and the crossbowmen raise their bolts and they start kind of trying to move around to the side. You get to act first. Nothing has changed so far, right? Nothing has changed except okay. Oberyn is turning and going back through the pathway he came and you're, and, and yeah, the, the eight men are starting to try to spread out some. Okay. So I have a question because I haven't played a whole lot of ranged characters. Yeah. Could I hide behind the pedestal and still shoot or no? Yeah, you could definitely do that. Uh, the pedestal might not offer ton of coverage but it would definitely give you some yeah there's nothing else i can hide behind right you could like maybe try to climb the wall and like yeah, hang no, off of it but that's, that's, <laughs> a bad idea. that's a bad idea <laughs> it seems like how you get killed yeah i'm gonna so there's eight people eight guards right? eight guards yeah Jeez. well for my movement i'm gonna go behind the pedestal and uh, as my action i'm gonna shoot well actually hold on Gosh darn it, dude. You know, spells are pretty neat. Oh, dude. Oh, man. I got a really good idea. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hide behind the pedestal, and I'm going to cast Spike Growth on that balcony area where all those guys are. Okay. And how big is Spike Growth's? Uh... Uh, it's a 20-foot radius. Okay. Yeah, so you're pretty much able to cover, like, a large part of that front area. 
like where they're all standing right now. It seems like if they, you know, walk out and go to the sides, then they'd be out of it. But then also they'd have to walk through a lot of spike growth. Great. Um, and do they, they don't get any sort of saves, right? They just, if they walk through it, they take. Uh, becomes difficult terrain. Yeah. No, there's no save. And every step is? 2d4 damage Ooh, nice. for every five feet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they can do a wisdom perception check to see if they recognize the terrain as hazardous before entering it. So if they're not in it, they can do that. Yeah, they are all in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, <laughs> like the spot that you could cast it to be optimal, they're all in it. Let's see if they notice, I guess, as, as they're in it. Um, yeah, they are going to act. All of them take uh, five, like a five-foot step. So they take seven damage each. Sweet. And then they're kind of like, ow, ow. And then they're going to all hold up their crossbows and just from where they are, start shooting at you. Three of them have a good angle at you because they're kind of further on the sides. Okay. Um, so they'll have normal hits, but the other five are kind of blocked partially by the pedestal and then just by like the railing of the balcony and whatnot. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you'll have partial cover. So we'll give you uh, plus two to AC. All right. Uh, does a 14 hit? You said plus two to AC? Yeah. No. <laughs> 11? Nope. 13? No. No. Three? No. Uh, 17. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to hit. Okay, 17. Uh, 8. So no. 3 and then 15. No, none of those will hit. Oh, wow. 5 damage. Okay. Ow. Yeah, you're like hiding behind it as best you can. You're just, you know, a bunch of the bolts land in the pedestal. A few hit the wall behind you. And then just one just kind of cuts across your arm. Not digging into it, but just leaving a little gash. So like a nice little side swipe. Okay. Yeah. You are up. Any changes at all? <laughs> they're all in the spike growth. Okay. And That's now bad. they're kind of just, yeah, standing there, not wanting to move and hurt themselves more. And they're all um, equally damaged or? Yeah, they all took seven damage for sake of Okay. Uh, I'm going to take two attacks at uh, the guys uh, that have a good bead on me. Okay. Let's go. Longbow. Does a 14 hit? Uh, 14 hits. Just hits. Okay. That'll be six damage. Okay. And then uh, she's going to fire off another. At the same guy? Yeah. Um, will 11 hit? Uh, 11 will not hit. Oh. Yeah, I think that'll be my turn. Okay. Yeah, you shoot to one lands. Uh, he kind of screams out in pain, and you see just bleeding from his arm, but he's still, like, trying to reload his crossbow. From above, you hear... <laughs> and then a figure flies through the hole. Some men might see this as a very small dragon, but you know it's your companion, Pert, the pterodon. Pert! Flies in and flies down, sees you, lands on the pedestal, spreads its wings out, kind of like blocking the path. Pert, it's time to go. Take me out of here. <laughs> uh, the crossbowmen are going to act real quick. Okay. The ones who had good beats on you are still going to shoot at you. Okay. Um, so that's a 5 and a 15. I think the 15 is going to hit. Okay. Yeah. So that does 7 damage? No, does that do 7 damage to me? To you. These are, This is hitting you. And I don't have the partial cover anymore, right? Not on these. Okay. 12. That'll miss. Okay. And then the other 5 shots are all going to be at pert. Okay. 4. 
That'll miss. 10. That'll miss. 7. That'll miss. 15. That's going to hit. Okay. And then uh, that's a nat 2, so that's not going to hit. Pert takes 8 damage. Okay. So yeah, they just keep shooting and missing, as only the best henchmen do. One shot hits you and one one hits Pert. Uh, you are up now. I would like to fly away, please. Pert, let's get out of here right now. <laughs> All right, yeah, you uh, jump on. You kind of have to, like, pull yourself up on the pedestal and then jump on his back, give him a little pat, and he flaps his wings up. Uh, If you were any bigger, this would not work, but (laughs) you're able to move up. He shoots up through the hole. The crossbowmen try to take shots, but you get right out the hole. You just hear, like, the thump, 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 thump of bolts hitting the uh, ceiling as you fly right out of the hole into bright sunlight that blinds you for a second. You fly above and you you start looking down at uh, the sunken temple. Only the top of it is is showing in the sand. Make a perception check. Okay. 19. Yeah. In the distance, probably, you know, maybe like half a mile away, you see 10 camels. You assume one of them is the one you came here on? Um, but the other nine are probably of Oberyn and his men. Do I see uh, Oberyn or any of his men there? Or no? You do not see Oberyn or any other men. Yeah, it's yeah um, all you see is camels. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go meet up with my sweet, sweet camel boy. Yeah, you you point Pert in the right direction. He starts flying over towards the camel. After probably about like two minutes, you get there. He flies pretty quick, but with you on his back, he's getting tired. You notice, like, after after a little while, he starts to, like, lose altitude. And he pretty much, like, as you get to the camels, hits the sand and slides a bit. Aw, oh, Pert. Hang in there, boy. <laughs> you did great. And, uh, go on the... I, I, I don't think I could carry him, because he probably carry, uh, like weighs more than me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, you know, I do, the, I do the drunk buddy, like, help him walk. <laughs> Yeah, he's able to get up really quickly once uh, okay. you're off him. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, get, go to my camel and hop on and get the hecky out of there. Okay, yeah. You jump on the camel, still kind of bleeding from the wounds that you've taken. Just spur into it and start going. Can I look back for a second? Yeah. Do I do I see any, any, of, any of those guys chasing me? No, it seems like... I mean, you remember what it was like to walk through that sunken palace. And it was a pretty long walk to get there with winding paths. You took a much more direct way by flying out. So no one seems to be out of the palace. Before I go, I I, I look to... Are they like... Are the camels like tied up to something? Or are they just kind of there? Yeah, they're tied up to like a little broken wall. Okay. I, uh... Fira says... Uh, you won't be needing these anymore. And I cut all the things with a dagger, all the ropes, and then, uh, you know, tut-tut them away. Yeah, just like a little slap on the ass. Yeah, yeah. Get out, yeah. They, uh, you cut them free, you know, spook them a bit, and they just all go off in different directions. And then, and then I leave. Okay. You then kick off. You see the sun starts setting in the distance. And you move along. Warm at first, but the night starts to cool you. This is where we'll move our dotted line uh, across the deserts between Tilb and Valia till eventually your travels here get you all the way to the city of Valia. You rested a few times and bound your wounds along the trip, but I imagine you probably tried to, you know, be as quick as possible, spend as little time in the desert. Unless I can't, I'd love to be able to cast Cure Wounds on myself. and uh, Yeah, definitely, Uh, you know. Along your way, you cast your wounds on yourself, cast it on Pert so you can roll 
Okay, I shall do that. Okay, that's six. I'll do that to Pert because mm -hmm. he only took eight damage. That's pretty much good. That's nine for me. So I'm pretty much good to go now. We're both missing one HP. Your your travels probably, you know, about 16 hours of riding pretty hard gets you from the middle of the desert back to the city of Valia. You walk with purpose once you're in the city. You look at the beautiful buildings, each with a different painting that kind of indicates what the building's about. Apothecaries have giant, you know, bubbling pots painted on the side of them. Different restaurants have just beautiful meals painted along that probably look better in the paintings than they would when you actually eat them, but they definitely make your stomach rumble a bit. But you're looking for a different sign. And eventually, once you get to the Blue District, you find it. You see the ship in the river's harbor, the mythic bitch. Yeah, let's let's go. Okay. You head there, getting ready to meet up with some old friends that you have spent some time with in the past. You you walk onto the ship confidently enough. Is Pert with me, or is that is that a no-no? Pert would be with you in the city. Okay, You're definitely getting odd looks. <laughs> but, you know, Valia is kind of a city of extravagantness, you know? So <laughs> people people have weird pets with them, you know, fairly often. You you head to the ship and, and make your way on to the Mythic Bitch, which is owned by old friend or acquaintance Arnvik. It's kind of like a pleasure barge that sails around the river and the lake by Valia. As you enter, you see Arnvik and his company, which is now featuring a gnome, very talented, named Little Sims, uh, are playing in the corner. And as you walk in, little bells chime. Arnvik, a big half-orc man with a even better smile, looks at you and gives you a little nod as he finishes up his set. Yeah, um, I guess I'll go sit down and wait for him. An elven woman comes over. You've met her once or twice. You've mostly just dealt with Arnvik and gotten to know Arnvik over time, but you know her name's Hypatia. Hello, Hypatia. How are you? Uh, Fira, right? Yes, ma'am. Good to see you again. Here for Arnvik? Yes. I believe we have some business to talk to. You want a drink? That would be lovely. And could I get, like, a pitcher of water for Pert? She looks at Pert. <laughs> he won't break it. I've trained him very well. <laughs> yeah, I can get a little water for him. Thank you so much. She walks over, pours you a drink. Gets like a little bowl that she puts water in. You see her like take a shot herself and shake her head and <laughs> bring it all over to you. Uh, I make I make Pert like do a little like head nod bow kind of gesture. Pert, <laughs> what we practiced? <laughs> <laughs> just bows down. She smiles a bit and shakes her head and then walks back over to the bar. After the song finishes up, you see Arnvik snap his fingers and point to Hypatia. She... Uh, she pulls out a little case from behind the bar and pulls out a lyre and then walks over to where the people are performing and starts strumming it as he walks over to you. Well, it's good to see you. Anvik, the pleasure's all mine. How do you fare? Doing pretty well. How has your uh, business been around Valia? Well, I would say business is booming. Doing plenty of explorations and just doing a lot of research. How How's things faring for you in Valia? You know... It's not as uh, exciting as some of the stuff you probably get up to, but we travel, we move around the lake, make a fair bit of coin. We get to play music every night, so that's pretty nice. Oh, that's wonderful. You uh look a little dirty there. Kind of looks you up and down. Oh. You notice you're just kind of covered in a thin layer of sand and dirt. Your hair just a complete mess. Yeah, I, I assume it's kind of like windblown like back. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, uh, I, I just um, just finished up a little adventure. I could use a bath or something, I suppose. He looks at your torn clothes, and you know you've you've healed your cuts by now with magic, but there is still like blood stains kind of on your, <laughs> on your leathers. And he like puts a tongue to his teeth and nods. Who's chasing you then? <sighs> Ani, are you familiar with Obram Brando? Yeah, heard about him once or twice. He. He had a couple men were out in Valia a few weeks ago. They're looking for some sort of treasure in the area. He smiles <laughs> at you. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? Treasure? Me? God's no. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Well, seems like a type of folk not to mess with. That whole Brando family, a little little scary. Not necessarily the, the nicest of the Dragonborn. Well, he's a right bastard, I'll tell you that. Anvik, what do you what do you know about the Brandos? Rich? They'll kill any other family uh, that gets in their way. <sighs> Alright, well, that sounds quite dreadful. Yeah. Look, they're after you, and they know you're here. What should I say if they come about asking questions? Oh, tell them I came here to sell a priceless jewel. And insert name here is where I sold it. Mm. And I'm long gone. Insert name here, that's that's yeah, a strange you, you shop. Know, I've been know, there a few times. You know, yeah. You know the jewelry, insert name here. They're, they're quite peculiar brand, but they have beautiful wares. I'm sure I can think of a store to point them to if I hear from them. Much obliged. So, where are you off to next? Do you need help getting anywhere? Get the sense you wouldn't just come here to shoot the shit with me. I know I'm pretty entertaining, but... Yes, yes, there, there is something that you probably might be knowledgeable about. Do you know anything about Lake Morion and the islands there? Well, yeah, I mean, we sail it all the time. Uh, do our little cruises across it. Have you ever visited the islands? Made a few stops. Uh, Lunas Island. Never really stopped the old isle. People say it's cursed or whatnot. People say all the isles are cursed. Hmm. So this is kind of a peculiar question, but... Anvik, would you know which island would be the rightmost or eastmost, perchance? Depends how you look at it, but probably old isle. Old isle. Say, would you know a good way of getting there? She winks. Three gold and I have the best way to get there in the whole world. Yeah, she, she gives the man three gold. Well, we'll be uh, setting out tomorrow for another two gold. Maybe we could set out tonight. She looks at him. She kind of squints. How about one gold? Roll a persuasion check. I am the best. Oh, okay. Well, it's same thing. Uh, it's a two. I mean, it's a four. Sorry. He doesn't say anything to you. All right. Two, two gold it is. So yeah, you give him five gold. Slides in his pocket. All right. Well, we'll head out in a couple hours. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Sit back and enjoy the music. Plan on doing it. Put on a great show for me. He goes, you know, to the back and gives you a key for a room eventually. He also says that Boris, his drummer, has gotten a little bit of water and, and warmed it for you if you'd like to take a bath and whatnot. Oh, yeah. She's going to take a bath and she's also going to clean Pert. Okay. Yeah. Fira cleans herself off. I imagine, like, out of her travel pack, she has a different pair of clothes, which she put on. And not necessarily nice clothes, just unsoiled leathers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put those on. And you, you see in your room is just like a, not really a full-length mirror, but for Fira, it is. So at this point, <laughs> could you give me a quick explanation now that Fira can actually be seen, uh, what Fira looks like? Yeah, 
Um, Fira is a three foot tall halfling. She's pretty young. She's got green eyes. She's got like auburn hair. Typically, it's kind of like in a ponytail, like a bushy ponytail kind of thing. But now it's just kind of like all laying down uh, on her shoulders. She's kind of, she looks tired, but also like very um, excited. Yeah. After you get cleaned, uh, it takes probably about the amount of time to, to bathe yourself as it does for them to get the ship ready to <laughs> depart. Okay. And then, yeah, you guys get moving along. While the while the ship's going, can I crack open my father's journal? Can yeah. I look over it? Yeah, you pull open the journal. What uh, are you looking for specifically? I want to look anything up about Old Isle or Lake Morion, anything about that. So we'll we'll have this be shown by a history check. As okay. you're kind of just like reading over it all. Fifteen. What you learn of Lake Morion is that there hasn't been a lot of turmoil on it. You know, there haven't okay. been battles really fought on it, which like some bodies of water will get like these very big reputations of being cursed because so many people have died in, in battles on it. Okay. Regardless of not having anything like that, the the people and especially in your father's notes uh, people typically think that the islands on it are, are bad news and best to be avoided. Okay. Old Isle doesn't have any, like, residential areas on it. Um, no one really lives on oh. Old Isle. There used to be a town there, and that, that would be in your father's notes. There used to be a town there, like, 400 years ago. And then just one day, the fairly regular ship that would come from Old Isle to Valia didn't come. And then it didn't come... The month after that either and when people went to check on it the village had vanished completely there's also just rumors in general of people going there and not coming back so that that that's about it about old isle there's no ruins or anything there there are definitely ruins there you know for ancient civilizations but again people don't really try to explore those as, as just all okay. the rumors around it can i ask to look up one more thing or no go ahead can I look up anything about this um, black am amethyst that I picked up? Uh, you would flip to a page and like see some notes written by your father. It, there would be like a crude kind of drawing of the exact amethyst you hold. And then just like questions next to it being like, is this the key? Is it the actual treasure? And just like scribble that out. No, it can't be. It's supposed to be much bigger. And that's kind of about it on that. Okay. that That's pretty much all I okay. need. Yeah, so the ship travels along, you know, and our dotted line travels from Valia to Old Isle. The trip takes probably about two and a half days. It's not a super fast moving ship and then kind of heading against the wind, but, and it's, you know, just a decent <laughs> distance to travel. But yeah, on your time on the ship, is there anything specific you'd like to do? Mostly just research and... I guess try to like plan accordingly and also like let pert play outside uh, there's not really anything else yeah I, I imagine too you know you have a few conversations with arnvik and his crew little sims the the famous feature would probably come over and you know hit on you a few times uh as he is wont to do <laughs> yeah she politely turns him down <laughs> uh i'm sorry i'm far too old for you i'm afraid he like kind of slicks back his hair and does that you know annoying eyebrow thing and winks says there's no such thing as too old for me. Hypatia comes over and just slaps him on the back of the head. Shut up, little Sims. Leave her alone. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry, miss. And he walks away, like goes to his room. <laughs> <laughs> and she mouths, thank you, to Hypatia. Hypatia gives a wink. Yeah, eventually you come near Old Isle. 
You first see it like crest in the distance. Jungle trees are just spread all along it. You can't really see anything else but that. As you're like looking at it from uh, the deck of the ship, Arnvik comes over. Well, uh, can't really get much closer than this, if I'm being honest. Also, don't want to. I hear that Alan's cursed. Oh, Arnvik, I didn't know you were scared of fairy tales and such. Listen, fairy tales are the only thing I know about history, so gotta mind them. Well, fair enough. Would you mind waiting for me and Pert? We'll, we're gonna go explore, and we'll be right back. Uh, how long are you gonna be out for? No longer than a few days, I suppose. A few days? I'm sorry, I got a schedule to keep to. I, I can come back probably around six days. She She's like doing some um, mental calculations. What What about one day? Would you Would you save for me for one day? or? You see him put his hands in his pockets and kind of just like, you start to hear just a jingling sound of what's coins, clearly. Oh, Arnie, I know what you want. I tell you what, if I find some good gold in there, I'll split it with you. She winks. Hmm, 70-30. You 30? Don't be coy. Anvik, I tell you what, I'll give you, um, give you 25. Now that's a hefty offer, because there's going to be some grand treasure in there. Roll a persuasion check. <laughs> 15. All right, I'll take the 30 and then we got a deal. She squints at him. You're really that scared of... All right. She she shakes. She shakes his hand. Um, you got one day. All right. If you if you don't wait for me, no gold, though, I'm afraid. All right, well, if you take longer than a day, no ride for you, I'm afraid. Fair enough. Fair enough. Come on, Pert. We got exploration to do. <laughs> Pert, like, flies up and just kind of grabs your shoulders with his talons. Hell yeah. And just starts flying over to the island with you just underneath him. Uh, from where you are, it's not super far, just like a couple hundred feet out. And yeah, again, as you kind of get closer, you see like his his height diminish. And it doesn't seem entirely like on purpose. <laughs> but this time he's able to land you down a little more gracefully. Okay, great. So we are like on the coastal area of the island yeah. right now. I guess um I guess we'll start going inwards and see if anything uh, looks interesting. I guess. All right. Yeah. Make um survival check. Not a nat twenty, but it's a twenty. Okay. Yeah, you are able to make through make it through here with relative ease. You try your best not to disturb a bunch of the foliage. You you like to not to leave tracks when whenever you can, and then you move along at a decent pace. You probably walk for, you know, about 30 minutes, and then you start to hear voices. They sound like far away, or... Hard to tell exactly how far. You definitely can't hear what they're saying, so you feel like you have some space. So, okay, uh, we're still in, like, deep foliage and stuff? Yeah. Pert's, Pert's with me. He's not flying above, right? Unless you want him to fly above. Yeah, he'd be with you. Because, like, if, if possible, I would like for him to fly above, and I'd like to cast beast bond so he can kind of relay what he uh, sees okay yeah he flies up as soon as you cast it and you know he does kind of a circle he flies as high as he can to look more like a bird <laughs> than, than a fucking <laughs> dinosaur um, but yeah he flies around and he kind of sends you various messages he tells you like on the other side of the island he sees a bunch of ships uh, they seem like smaller ships, like sloops, things meant for speed in a way that Arnvik's ship is not. 
And he also says, like, somewhat close to you. Yeah, he sees camps set up around, like, a big stone structure. He says the stone structure is probably about, like, 40 feet tall. It seems almost just, like, carved out of cave rock, almost. So it kind of has pointy a pointy look to it. Okay. And he says that there's, like, camps, probably eight tenths outside of it. Does he see anybody? Like walking around or anything? Can, can you have him make a perception check for me? It's going to be an eight. Okay. He sees, yeah, figures walking around, but can't really give you identifying traits about him. He's just a little too high up and the foliage is blocking the path a little too much. Okay. That's good enough for me. The one thing I do want to clarify is, are the camps near the stone structure or are they kind of like a little bit further apart? They're probably about like a hundred feet away from it. Okay. Is there foliage like all nearby both of these or? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's definitely more foliage by the big stone structure. It seems like they kind of picked openings for the camps a little more. Right. Okay. Yeah. If you're a signals um, pert to come back. He flies down by you. She she pets his long head. Good boy. Good boy. And she, she gives him like a cracker or something. Yeah, he eats it. She is going to cast Pass Without a Trace on herself. And per- okay. He's fucking sneaky ass dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, <along>. dude. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. It's a sneaky boy. Uh, and they're going to... We're going to we're gonna sneak around the camp, if possible. Okay. Yeah. Roll stealth checks. Yeah. Okay. That is a 19 for me. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, my God. It's a 28 for Perk. <laughs> So yeah, you're moving along, you know, you probably are like, Pert, you got to make sure you're very quiet, but he's like already a shadow Uh, (laughs) and you feel loud compared to him, even though you, you know, you're moving pretty quietly. That's a good dinosaur. You move around, sneak, heading towards the stone structure, but moving around like the camps. Yes. Okay. You move around and, and, you know, you get... You have to get kind of close to the camps to, you know, pass in a way that you can get to the structure, but you're able to move through, through the brush, you know, pausing every once in a while when you hear someone moving around and moving forward some more. Uh, As you go, I'd like you to make a perception check. All right. Raz, it's a beautiful fat 24. A 24. Yeah. Something you notice as you're moving around is, you know, men are sitting around campfires, sitting at the camp, poking fires with a stick, talking. They all seem to have on like a doublet with a sigil of a tree with winding branches going up and then winding roots going down, which you know to be the Edgewood banner or the Edgewood sigil belonging to House Dunn. Oh, dearie. That's um, not good news. Uh, I guess she would just make note of that and try to okay fear continues along and eventually passes the camp the sound of seemingly soldiers talking fades away behind her uh, and she gets closer and closer to the stone structure Uh, once she gets up to the stone structure she sees it's pretty much a tower just made out of jagged rock that goes up with a little entryway with a, a carved staircase going down the entryway is probably about like seven feet tall and four feet wide and it just goes down. Fira, uh, just rolling off the last perception roll, would hear voices coming from inside. Fira turns to Pert. She whispers to him, Pert, 
I don't think this is a good idea. You should stay out here and wait for me. I might need you to come fly me away again. So be ready for anything. And she pats him on the head. Kind of sneaks away and then flies up. Seems to like perch in a tree to kind of keep lookout, I'd imagine. Okay, great. Good boy. I love that scaly boy. Yeah, I think she would try to inch her way inside, being very conscious about the noise she's making. Okay. Uh, roll another stealth check. Would I still have Pass Without a Trace on this? Yeah, stealth check with Pass Without a Trace. That lasts an hour. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, 31, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're able to, you know, sneak up to the doorway. And you can hear, it seems like, just two people talking down there. You, you know, peek your head and you look down, the steps, it's maybe like six steps down that leads into a bigger room that you don't have the full view of, but you do see torchlight flaring there. With the torchlight, it shines on a big door uh, that you can't really get a great look at right now, but you see two figures standing by it talking. One you recognize as Oberyn, and the other is a copper-haired woman talking to him. Can I try to like make out what they're saying? Roll perception. It's going to be a 16. Yeah, they're, they're, they're talking, and, and Oberyn is saying, Listen, I tried my best to get it, but it, it, it was out of my hand. What was I supposed to do? And the woman says, You were supposed to not fail. You had eight men with you, and you couldn't take one halfling girl? I, tr- I, tr- I tried my best. What, what else could I do? She's smarter than you, than you think, the copper-haired woman says. Well, we're going to need to find a different way in here, then. Do you men have any... Gunpowder? Oberyn says, I'm I'm sure we could get some. The copper-haired woman says, Tom is going to be very unhappy if you don't get what's in there. Oberyn kind of laughs and says, So was Tom this, Tom that with you. Are you that much of a servant to the man? And then he just stops talking as you hear like his voice get cut off. You see her move swiftly and lift him by the neck with surprising strength. And she tilts her head. You'll find I have quite a bit of patience... But I will not have you talking down about me or Tom. Put a guard here 24-7 until we figure out a way to open it. And she sets him down, and he kind of rubs his neck. Whatever you say, Luce. And you see her turn and start walking up the stairs towards you. Yeah, I, I try to, uh, somewhat quickly, but also very quietly, exit. <laughs> yeah, you, like, duck around. Do you just, like, go to the other side on the outside of the structure? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, a quick swing around, put your back to the wall, you know, breathe hard. I'll let you use your other stealth check, your old stealth check for it. You hear, you know, her footsteps up the stairs and move out. And then you can tell that Oberyn seems to be just standing there for a little while, like, bitch. And then you hear his footsteps as he walks out and walks away. You deserve it, Oberyn, she thinks to herself. Yeah, I think um, with that knowledge now, I think she's going to wait. Well, actually, so is there, is there anyone nearby, like, after those two leave? Or... Uh, you can roll a perception check. 13. So there's no one, like, immediately nearby you, if that's what you mean. You can't really tell if anyone is coming from the camp right away. Uh, you just know that the copper-haired woman said, get guards here. So I have a question, and it's kind of, like, leading on what I... Well, I don't know if I... Did, did I peep into the room, or was I just listening to, like, what they were saying? You, like, got a quick peep into the room. Was there any hiding places in there? From your angle, hard to tell. Like, yeah, you couldn't see into the entire room from the top of the stairs. Gotcha. 
So like if you were trying to hide around the corner or something, but yeah, you, from where you were, you have no idea if once you're inside the room, there's anywhere to hide. Okay. I think Fira realizes the situation and she's just going to play it by ear and see what happens with the guard. So she's going to go down and, and investigate that room. Okay. Fira goes down, down the steps as quietly as possible and walks in and sees two torches that are just placed into the side of the walls in not any sort of like proper fashion, but just kind of, you know, stuck next to them to provide some light. Right away, you notice nowhere, there's nowhere really to hide inside the room. You see, you see the wall that the two were standing by. Engraved on it is what looks to be a dragon. Where its eye should be is a little socket that's empty. Oh, I know what to do with this little gym. Can she listen to see if, hear if there's any footsteps coming nearby? Yeah, roll a perception check. All right. 25. Before you even hear footsteps, you hear a... Which, by now you've learned, is Pert's way of saying, watch out, bud. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I want to ask you something, but like I feel like I feel like you're not going to tell me. Maybe. You can ask it, though. If I put that gym in the wall, and let's say the wall opens... Is there any way I could remove the gym as soon as it opens? I don't know. I think you'd have to try. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's only going to be one guard. I don't... Mm, could I... I know I'm not a rogue, but could I hide and like ambush the person that comes inside? Yeah, 100%. Okay, I'll try that. So you're just like hiding around the corner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll uh, have you roll stealth check. You still have pass without a trace. Excellent. 32. Yeah, you are a ghost. Uh, (laughs) You, like, put one of the torches in a way where it's not shining on one of the corners, and you move to that corner and let the magic envelop you of your spell. Oh, cool. And you just wait there. After a few moments, you start to hear, like, the voice of one person just talking to themselves, kind of grumbling, like, of course I get to go right away right when i was about to eat dinner and let's take a shift and you hear the footsteps of him walking down yeah i think as i hear him coming down i'm gonna like ready my longbow okay yeah you uh pull out your bow just aim it for the doorway wow oh my goodness and he takes a step in and you see him and he's just like still looking forward walking he does not see you okay yeah can i shoot him it's a, <laughs> it's a guard it. right yeah yeah okay uh, that'll be a 24 to hit. That will hit? That'll be four damage. Okay. Are you attacking twice or? Yes. Oh my God. I'm so stupid. Uh, <laughs> I'm not used to that anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. 20, soft 20. Yeah, that'll hit. Six damage. Okay. You hear, oh, and now he looks at you. I'll have you roll initiative. Alrighty. It's going to be a five. You rolled an at three. So you actually get to. What? First. Oh my god. Awesome. <laughs> these guards are not good. They're great. I don't know. You're talking <laughs> for you. I mean, these guards have become straight up stormtroopers, so Yeah, it's, it's so good. good stuff. <laughs> what are you doing? Can I get a feel to how damaged he is? He's probably not that damaged. He is bleeding pretty heavily right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's shoot him two more times. Almost as if he's the kind of guard that is supposed to be good in numbers and <laughs> <laughs> not on one on one. Not one on one, yeah. Great. Yeah, let's take this boy down. Does a 19 hit. 19 hits, yeah. And that'll be 9 damage. Ooh, okay. Oh, a 27. That will hit. 6 damage. Okay. 
he looks at his wounds and like turns his head. He's like, we have that. And then one in the stomach and then one in the neck and he just falls over. Dearie, that was a close call. And she would she would try to move the body away from the stairwell. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, ring, roll, roll a strength check. Oh God, six. <laughs> you know you pull strength is not your strong suit. You know as you're pulling one time, you're like leaning all your thirty five pounds back as you try to pull this armored like two hundred fifty pound man. <sighs> you know you pull like his boot slips off and you fall backwards. Yeah. I think I think after that she'd just be like bugger it all. I'll just get out of here. And um, she uh, gets the gem out of her her bag and tries to place it in the dragon eye. I have no idea how tall it's up is. So uh, if it's high up, she's just gonna <laughs> do the old stand on the bag trick. Yeah, she puts her bag underneath her feet. It's about five feet, so you need a little bit of reach. And yeah, plops it in. As soon as she does that, she starts to hear. <sighs> as the wall moves backwards and opens up and you see a narrow passage heading down. So there's no way I can get that gym back, huh? I don't know. Like, is is the wall that moved up, is it up in a, like, a crevice? No, it, it moved to the side. Oh. Like, it swung. Okay, so I have a, just a general question for you. Yeah. If I, if I shot that gym, would it break? You don't know. <laughs> oh, this is so stressful. I think she's going to get her stuff. And she's going to stand, like, as close to the um, the new doorway is and, like, shoot the the gym. Yeah, roll, roll an attack. Okay. Is it 23 hit? No. Okay. It seems really, it seems like it'll be really hard to hit because of how small it is. Yeah. And then it's also, like, a somewhat strong, you know, rock. Gotcha. But yeah, you kind of just missed to the side. It's, I, it's, it's, it wouldn't be impossible to hit. But yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely I, hard to hit. I'm, I'm not going to waste any more time doing that. Uh, I think she's just going to try to move along then and deal okay. with the consequences. Just leave it behind? Yeah. Okay. You uh, head down the pathway with thoughts of, I wonder how often they change the guard going through your head uh, yep. <laughs> as you move down the cavern. After you get kind of probably like 50 feet away from the room you just entered, it, it starts to get dark. You can still see with your dark vision, but you know... It is still like all kind of grayscale uh, at that point. Can I light a torch? Yeah, for sure. I do that. You you pull out a torch, light it, hold it above in front of you. As you're moving, you know, you see it just kind of gobble up cobwebs that are in your path and just use it in general to block yourself from dealing with any unpleasant things that might run into you. It's a pretty small tunnel. I mean, big for you, but small in general about six feet tall okay about like three and a half feet wide and it just seems like all kind of not cleanly cut like it's not cleanly cut at all it's it's jagged walls it's a windy path it does seem like it was carved out and is not natural but yeah it's it's not a super nice pathway eventually you come across a split just one going to your left, one going to your right. Okay, I'm gonna use a feat that I should have used earlier. It's called historical knowledge. It says, uh, when you enter a ruin or dungeon, you can correctly ascertain its original purpose and determine its builders. In addition, you can determine monetary value of art objects more than a century old, but that's not really relevant. I don't know if that could help me at all, but I, I wanna give it a try. Yeah, so what you, 
that's a cool feat. You you think back to the carving of the wall uh, of the dragon, and in general, all of this stuff seems to be imagery that you know is often associated with like the cult of Tiamat. You know, just the worship of chromatic dragons, and even the architecture of this tunnel and and the structure that you entered in the first place of just like these jagged, unkempt, un uncared for rock also kind of goes along with that. As for like the exact purpose of this place, you know, you get the sense that being a worshipper of an evil goddess, like the chromatic dragon of Tiamat, is not something that people usually uh, are okay with. So this is probably, you know, originally built as a way to protect believers of that faith. Okay, so you said there's two two different ways I can go now? Yeah. Can I feel like air or anything different between the two? Roll a perception check. Okay. 23. Yeah. The one to your right seems like there's uh, a little airflow going through it. I think she's going to go on the left one then. Okay. You move along and you see that it starts to widen a bit. Not a dramatic amount, but it just starts to get a little bit wider and wider. There's a point where, like, you step forward and the tunnel, like, just opens up. Almost like you're going through a little pass of its own. And it probably now goes out to, like, 10 feet to your sides and 15 feet above. Okay. And uh, you continue walking. Is there Was there anything, like, special going on in that room? Or was it just... So, like, like, this is still a passageway. It's just, like, you kind of walked through what almost seemed like a small tunnel that then turned almost immediately into a big tunnel. Gotcha. So the walls like just kind of instantly moved out further to the left and right. Okay, cool. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, Fura just moves along. Okay. Can I get you to roll a perception check? Sure. 19. Yeah. You feel the tripwire catch your foot before you go past it. And you look and you're able to pull your foot back without tripping it. Is there is there a whole bunch of them? You just notice the one right now. With that perceptional, can I see, like, what it might possibly trigger or no? Yeah, so you look back behind you. You see, like, probably about 40 feet from where you are is, like, the little smaller tunnel that you just came through that expanded into this big one. Right. And, like, right above it, you notice there's almost, like, another tunnel, like, 10 feet above the small tunnel. And it looks like there's a little wooden thing blocking some big shape behind it <laughs> okay uh and i can't see any other tripwires no could i could i carefully step over this or like duck underneath it you can try oh my god i hate that yeah yeah let's do that okay with a deep breath <laughs> you take a step over notice nothing happens take another step and continue walking as you look back at the <laughs> wooden gate in whatever big spherical maybe shape is behind it. Ooh. You can do mm. Good thing I don't have to run away from anything. <laughs> or jump really high. Yeah. Jeez. You continue along. Eventually you notice it breaks off into three paths, all winding different directions. It seems to go back to that more narrow state. Right. Could I could I try to sense for anything like I did last time? Yeah, 100%. Ooh, that's only a 9 perception. You're yeah, you don't really get a good sense of it. You swear like the one on the left, you're like, "Okay, I notice a little breeze." And then you go to the one on the right and you're like, 
this too feels like a breeze. And then you're like the center. This also is a breeze. And then you go back to the left and you're like, there is no breeze. What the hell? Oh, oh no. Got myself quite in the pickle. She's going to take the center route. Okay. Fira walks along the center route and probably after about like two minutes of walking sees that it moves like it opens up again almost immediately. But now instead of being that jagged, unkempt rock, it seems like a relatively normal room with walls made of black stone, a ceiling made of black stone. It's probably about like 45 feet to the other side of the room that seems to then go back into a passageway. Can I see if there's any traps or anything nearby? You can roll investigation, yeah. Okay, it's an eight. Yeah, it is not immediately clear. You, you look around for tripwires. You definitely don't see any tripwires or, or anything of that nature. All right. Well, with that in mind, in this seemingly normal room, Fira is going to carefully, she's going to do like the big steppies that she did before <laughs> and walk through to the next tunnel. As soon as she takes a step onto the black stone floor, she sees the door behind her and the door in front of her start to lower. And she looks up and sees that the ceiling is lowering as well. And then she hears, and it looks like spikes come down are coming down from the top of the ceiling. What do you do? Can I look for something that would stop it? Like a, maybe like a, a button or something? Uh, roll a perception check. 23. In the middle of the room, there's like a little mismatched stone from the rest of the floor, which is just like a flat sheet. Okay. You don't know exactly what it is. Can I go check that out? All right. So you're running to the middle of the room as it's lowering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sprint to the middle of the room, kind of slide down. You see the door is about like three-fourths closed. The ceiling, which is like about 30 feet to start, is now probably down to about 20 feet. And you get to this little rock that's mismatched from the rest. What do you What do? You do? Can I like press it or like put my weight on it or something? Yeah, you try to press a hand down on it uh, and it doesn't seem to do anything. It, you do notice it seems like a little loose. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take, I'll try to remove the stone. You pull the stone up and you see like it leads to almost what's like a chamber that is very like tall and narrow. I guess it's like it leads to a little storage area where you notice right away what seems like big iron poles. Can I go down there? So the, the like thing that you opened is like six inches by three inches. Oh, And no. it's just like these poles that you see are there. There's nothing behind the poles or anything? Nothing beneath them. So this is also on the floor, like, beneath you. Oh, what the hell? Continues to come down. How high is the ceiling above me? About 15 feet right now. Is the door still open? About half open. I'm going to cast Zephyr Strike on myself. Okay. And that gives me an increased 30 feet walking speed. So just, you know, super fast, go to that door. You, like, look at this and you're like, I don't have time for these fucking poles and just cast the spell and sprint as quickly as you can. The door gets to about like a quarter and you just slide down, almost laying straight on your back as you move across and get under it. And here it just after you get past. That was a little close for comfort, she admits. She continues moving. And after a little while, she notices like the flicker of light in the passageway. So I, I, I just noticed that there's... that She just notices that there's light. She yeah. doesn't see anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think she'd carefully approach that and try to, like, peep in before actually entering. Okay. So would she put her torch out or... Yes. Yes. Yeah. She snuffs the torch, you know, puts, some, puts it back in her bag in order to try to save what's left. 
and sneaks forward. I'll have you make a stealth check. Uh, I got a 19. Yeah, you kind of sneak up to the light in the cave, and you see that the light is coming from a cavern that this passage leads into. You look out, and the cavern is massive. It seems like it goes out maybe for like half a mile. Whoa. It's just a big underground space. Uh, On the other side of the cavern, you see a structure created similarly to you know, the one on the outside that you've seen in that jagged kind of almost formed from cave rock look. And it's just kind of like a big menacing castle almost. Obviously not as big as some of the castles above ground, but for being inside of a, for being inside of a cave, it's, it's pretty big. You see over like the main entryway carved out of the same jagged stone is what seems to be a dragon figure with five heads kind of just like hanging over the door. Is, does it appear to be alive? It's made of stone. Okay. Could I see if there's any traps nearby? Yeah, roll an investigation. 20, soft 20. Yeah, it, I mean, so it's a giant cavern. So, like, you obviously can't check the whole thing. But looking, like, by where you are, you do not see any traps. What you would notice is a group of people walking from one side of the cavern towards this big cave-carved structure. People? They look like humanoids. You can roll a perception check. Okay. Ah, man. It's an eight. So the one thing that would stand out, you don't get the exact number. It seems maybe like a dozen people walk in. You see a handful of them seem to be in chains and kind of leading them and walking behind them and one walking next are three humanoid yet draconic looking figures. What you can tell even from this distance though is they, they seem to be more wild and primitive than dragonborn, a little more hunched. Almost as if, like, there's a touch of something primal, like a devil, touch of devil in them. Okay. And they're walking out of the castle or into the castle? They're walking into the castle. Okay. Could I, could I quietly, but from a distance, like, sneak with them, alongside them? Like, just, like, kind of jump rock to rock or (laughs) whatever in the cavern? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll have you roll another stealth check, though. Alrighty. 21. Okay. So you're kind of like trying to move quickly, get close, get a better look at them? Yeah, and, and I want to see, like, Fira wants to see if there's, like, a special way to open the door or, you know, something like that. Or or the prisoners as well. Fira moves a little closer. Can I also get you to roll a history check? Yes. 23. So you move closer, hopping just, you know, the cavern is not, like, completely emptied of boulders and rocks, so you're able to move through with some cover, get closer to them. You notice that these draconic-looking figures are something you recognize from different stories and studies that you've done in your time. They are called Abishai. They started as these draconic figures that mated with devils, and their one goal, almost across the board, is to bring back their lady goddess, Tiamat. Spooky. So yeah, you know they're bad news. So, okay, I I do have a question about the uh, Abashi. Yeah. Abishi? I don't know how to pronounce it. Abishai? Abishai? Abishai. Has there been any, like, on the surface at any time? Like, in the past 50, 100 years or something? Like, would she know that? Yeah, I mean, she would know that there's been a few sightings of them every once in a while. Like, it's a common enough tale to tell your 
kids who sneak out at night be like, mm, be careful or, or an Abishai will grab you and give you to Tiamat. So like they, they're seen every once in a while, not enough to be like a major continual threat. What's the lighting? Did you say it's well lit in here? It is pretty well lit. There are torches just kind of all along the cavern. There are big like chalices behind like on top of this temple in here with fires just roaring in them. I guess I guess if there's a moment she'd like to check out the journal, but like if if it seems like it's too pressing, she she'll do that later. What so are do they are they moving through into the building now? Yeah, they're moving through. As, as you get a look, it seems like there are about, you know, probably 10 prisoners total. Most seem to be human. You do see one person who seems to be about the height of a child. They do have long gray hair though, so you do start to think maybe it's a halfling or a gnome. Father? No. Was... She's only getting a look from behind right now. Okay. So if she tried to kind of move in front of where they're walking, but she already did kind of start behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Fira is like getting super concerned. Even if that's not her father, there's a lot of people like de seemingly normal people that have been captured by this decidedly evil group. So yeah, uh, she's getting, she's, you know, starting to breathe a little heavy. Did she notice anything about the door? Like how they opened it or anything? Or is it just- like, It's just open. Door? Yeah, it's just open. Yeah, I think she would take this moment to kind of like hide behind something and like peep open her father's journal and see if she could find out anything about Tiamat, the cult of Tiamat and uh, the Abishai, anything of that nature. Roll a history check. Okie doke. Nine. You, you know, kind of page through a little panicked as you, you know, look at these demonic dragon creatures that you, you, when you took a peek at them, you notice they like, they look like evil dragonborn with wings. And, and yeah, you're a little panicked as you page through. So not all the words are sticking with you. It doesn't seem like he wrote a lot about the, the cult of Tiamat and all this. Okay. It, do, it doesn't seem like he made that connection between this place or this treasure and the cultity. Ooh, okay. Closes the journal, puts that back in her bag. I guess she'd like peep around whatever she was hiding behind uh, to see if there's any uh, good, good demon boys around. Yeah, so you see the three, you know, with their prisoners walk in. You notice that of those three, one of them is white, one of them is black, and then the one kind of leading them is red. Okay. Can she like, so my question, my question about this area, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a big castle area. Can she investigate if there's any like doors around the other side or anything? Yeah. Roll perception. 15. No, just the main entrance that you see there. Would it be possible to slip inside the building at all? You can definitely try. Love. I love trying, dude. Let's, let's go for it. Roll another stealth check. Okay, you know what, man? Before I do that, I'm going to cast Pass without a trace on this. <laughs> Always a smart move. Okay, that'll be a 21. Yeah. You see them kind of disappear into uh, the pathway. Take a breath, cast your spell, and sneak forward. You move up to the entrance. You look up at this foreboding, you know, spike-rocked, five-headed dragon figure that you know is there to represent Tiamat. It's hard not to feel a little shiver up your spine as you pass beneath it and move into this uh, temple. Poor taste and decor. <laughs> as you move in and kind of, you know, slip next to the wall, you see, again, like, it seems like the inside of a somewhat normal building, just instead of having 
very like you know straight angles it seems almost more carved in a spherical way still with that spikiness against the walls rocks jagged all along you see to your left and right there are like two stone doors on each side okay and you see the group with the prisoners turning up ahead down a passageway to the right and and that's not is that the same um door i see on my right it's not no it's not one of the doors it just seems up ahead towards the passageway and this place is pretty huge or it's pretty big yeah is it well lit inside? Less well lit than outside, which had those just kind of giant fires roaring, but there are right. candles and sconces along the wall. Well, I guess uh, I guess you'd kind of like inch forwards a bit or like, you know, up against the wall to see better where uh, that group is going. Mm-hmm. See if you can notice anything else. Yeah, roll a perception check. Alrighty. It's going to be a 12. Yeah, you, you know, kind of try to take looks up ahead you see that it goes up it hits a wall and then there's right and left uh you saw the group go to the right and you kind of try to look what's to the left to the best of your sight when you look to the spot that they didn't go it seems to be an entryway to a bigger chamber when you look to the right where they did go all you can really see is like a more hallway okay how far away are they from fira right now so did does fira go up like right up to where the hallway splits to left and right. Yeah, she probably got pretty close to that. Yeah, they'd be about like 60 feet away at this point. Can I determine like what's at the end of the hallway or not really? So the path that they went on, it seems like it turns left and then keeps going that way. It's hard to know how long because you can't see that far, but... Right, right. So I think Fira would kind of be thinking to herself... This might lead to a chamber, maybe a jail cell area, or, you know, this could be some kind of sacrificial sacrificial chamber. Don't know what's in those rooms. I think, I think she'd like, ah, man, this is tough. Can she go investigate one of those rooms real quick? Any in particular? I guess the, uh, the one on the right, the one that's closer to her. Yeah, okay. You just open it or do it stealthily? I think, I think she'd like try to, you know... Very carefully, like, open it, like, uh, like a little wedge of it, see if she could peep in. And then if she doesn't see anything, she'd go in. Yeah, she, uh, roll a stealth check. Okay. That'll be a 23. Yeah. She quietly pushes the door to just get a peek. And she sees a figure in the room, draconic and demonic in stature, white wings to the side. Looks similar to the other Abishais that you've seen. The figure stands over a table holding a long sword and you see a man on the table like just like, no, 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 please, 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 please. And you hear uh, the white, I mean, should I say something in Draconic? Do you know Draconic? I do know Draconic. Okay. You hear the, I mean, should I say, for the mother, for Tiamat. And he is about to bring the sword down on this person on the table. Ooh. <laughs> oh man, this is so hard. I'm so worried about everything I'm doing. Could oh man, I wish I had smoke bombs or something. That'd be cool. Uh, how big is this room that the that the two of these people are in? Probably about like thirty feet by twenty feet. Gotcha. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna roll in and shoot this guy. Okay. In the back. Roll a 
Roll the hit. Okay. 22. That'll hit. For nine damage. Nice. How does a scary man... Oh, can I hit and again? Roll again? Yeah. Two... Okay, that was in that one, so I'm going to re-roll that one. Luck. <laughs> to a 12. To a 12. 12 will not hit, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you look at the the uh, Abishai lifting his sword. It's as good as time as any to do something stupid. Uh, so you yeah. bust in, take two shots. One hits it. It turns towards you. And not even really meaning to, it just kind of slices the second arrow you shot out of the air, and it yells out, I'm going to need you to roll initiative. Alrighty. Poor decision. That'll be a 13. 13. That's a 2. You act first. Did he seem uh, injured much by my attack or no? Yeah, it hit him, and he's bleeding. He doesn't seem heavy or anything. Is the guy... Is the guy that was about to get stabbed, is he tied? He has a tie on his arms and legs, not like to the table, but just to each other. Okay, so he's just kind of pigged. Oh, no, never mind. Hogtied. <laughs> yeah, hogtied. <laughs> I was going to say pig, pig looped. Pig looped. Like, <laughs> yeah. She calls out to that guy. She's like, you can thank me later and take care of this fiend for you. And she's just going to attack this guy twice. Okay. Also, I'm going to... I should have made this clear. The uh, the door that she went through, she made very, very purposeful, like, not to make it, like, all the way open. Okay, so she just kind of slipped through as best she yeah, could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to... No, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I'm just going to attack him twice. Does a 10 hit? 10 does not hit. Ooh, okay. Does a 20 hit? A uh, 20 will hit. It'll be 9 damage. 9 damage. All right. So the man on the table is actually up in the initiative order. He is going to roll off the table, land on the ground, use half his movement to get up, and he just starts like hopping towards one of the walls, all of which are jagged, and it pretty much will take all of his movement in a dash to get there. <laughs> uh, okay. Hawktide, but he's like right by the wall. Great. Good move. The Avishai is up, who is going to swing his longsword at you twice. Good. Uh, yeah, so he grabs it in both hands and just swings at you. First is a 14 to hit. That'll hit. Okay, and that does 8 damage. Okay. And the second is a 20 to hit. Yep, 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 yep. And that does 7 damage. Oh, that is a lot. Okay, so this guy's on me now, huh? Mm-hmm. If I try to shoot him with my bow, I'm gonna have disadvantage? Yes, unless you move back. But then he does get an attack. Yeah. How's he looking? Uh, he's definitely bleeding. Okay. So is there more room towards the back of the room where that guy was? Like, if I ran past him, could... Would, I, I'm assuming he gets to, like, walk up and hit me, right? Yeah, you get the sense he can reach you pretty much anywhere in this room. Jesus Christ. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast Zephyr Strike on myself again. So what's cool about this is my movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. Ooh. So I'm gonna move past him, and it gives me advantage on one weapon attack roll and it deals an extra 1d8 force damage. Nice. So I'm going to attack him with advantage. Ooh, it's a nat 20. That'll hit. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> that'll be 10 damage, and then I have to roll uh, 1d8. So that's 10 damage plus two more, so it's 12. Okay. And I'm going to attack one more time. That'll be a 22 to hit. That'll hit. That'll be nine damage. Nice. And so where uh, where are you moving with your movement that does not provoke attack now? Yeah, I'd like to, like, move kind of, like, catty corner to him. Or, like, you know, like, the most distance away 
she could possibly move. Okay. So you could pretty much move to like the side uh you can move to the side of the room that's empty or move to the side of the room that has the man who's tied up. Would I still be able to shoot if I moved to where the man was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she'd do that. Okay. The man up. He is going to just like take his bonds and try to cut them <laughs> on the jagged rock. Just Smart. like move them off. Yeah, and he's able to get the ones off of his wrist. He uh, looks at you, who, you know, you're probably like 10 feet away from him. Yeah. And like, he, he looks around for anything. And there's just like a board on the ground, a board of wood, picks it up. And he like kind of jumps next to you. Okay, awesome. As menacing as he can. Good show. The shy is up. Yeah, it's gonna move to you and take two attacks. Natural two, so that's an, uh, that's an eight. Does an 8 hit? I'd hope no, not. No, miss. <laughs> and then a 23. Oh, man, I think that was going to miss too for some weird reason. Wow. I don't know. Okay. That's only for 3 damage, though. Okay. Sorry, 4 damage. Okay. You are up. Uh, how's this guy look? You see, like, with the more arrows and after your Zephyr Strike, there's just more blood coming down him. Definitely starting to look hurt. Okay. Could I, as a bonus action or something, give the, the human my hand axe? Yeah, I'd let you do that as a bonus. She'd be like, here, use this instead of a wood. And she uh, drops the hand axe. Yeah. As you, like, put it over, he grabs it. Still, like, completely immobile. Or mostly immobile. But now holding a board and a hand axe. Hell yeah. (laughs) Now you look like a warrior. Yeah, she's not going to try to shoot him this time. Abashi's going to take out her dagger and try to stab this guy. Okay. Rolled a hit. Uh, so she still has two attacks, right? Even though it's not a bow? Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Okay. Come on, dagger. Will a 13 hit? Uh, that will not hit. Okay. Oh, boy. We're looking... We're in bad shape, boys. It's a nine. A nine also will not hit. Yeah, that's gonna be my turn. Okay, yeah, you swing twice, but nothing. Yeah, he's gonna swing the hand axe. Try to make an attack. I'm not gonna tell you what he rolled, but he does hit. Sweet. Uh, what's the damage on the hand axe? 1d6 plus strength. Okay. Ooh, he rolled a six for damage. <laughs> just hits him as hard as he can. And just yeah. cuts across his eye. Still up, but he is looking angry. He is going to use his vicious reprisal. What is that? Which allows him to take a bite attack at this guy for getting hit. Oh, not my friend. My new friend. Which is actually going to miss. What a relief. So he chomps at him misses but now his turn is up mad at you for you know hitting with an arrow he takes one slash at you but then he also is going to take a slash at the hand axe boy eight no purchase for him this time 24 for your friend not handy uh, okay after one hit your friend does not look good oh boy. <laughs> he's looking rough blood oh, is kind of gets slashed across his chest and blood is dripping down you are up though gonna try the dagger thing again 24. That will hit. 7 damage. Okay. 24 again. 6 damage. Still up but looking hurt. How? Like, he's looking real bad? He's looking really bad. He's like kind of, you see, you kind of cut into his gut. You slash once and got his wing. And part of it just kind of like folded down. Like you can see hole a hole in his wing now. He's just bleeding all over, but he's still up. Okay, how how bad is my my handy boy you see him just like holding his guts his oh. blood is just kind of rushing down okay yeah <laughs> that's gonna be my turn all right he is going to take a swing okay he swings 
and just hits the thing in the neck. You see the Abishai's eyes glaze over as it falls down to the ground. He's not a, the, your, your friend's not able to pull the hand axe out from him and just lets go. And Abishai falls down to the ground. Fira, Fira claps quietly. Good show, good show. And she, she touches uh, where his wound is and heals him with a cure wound. Thank you. For 11. Nice, that heals him fully. The Abishai had two health after your last attack. God damn it. Stressing me out. <laughs> oh, thank you for saving me. Oh, certainly. Felt like I had to. I didn't want to see you get impaled by that sword. I do have to ask, how did you get down here? Did they capture you? Or... Yeah. Can you cut these? Oh, oh. excuse me. Uh, certainly, certainly. And she like bends down and like cuts the, the ankle ropes with her dagger. He goes over and digs the hand axe out of Abishai. You look at him, his hair is, you know, long, brown, scraggly. He has a beard that seems extremely unkempt. He looks very skinny, uh, very gaunt. Yeah, about a year ago, and he scratches his chin. About a year ago, I was sent with a group to find uh, find any sign of a, a, an excavation team that came out here a while back. These guys picked me up. I've been here ever since. The last couple weeks, though, they've started picking one person from the prisons every day and doing what you were about to see. I'm so sorry. This is kind of an odd question. Were you uh, on this dig job with a, um, a halfling man, an older man, uh, named Henry, perchance? I wasn't on the job myself. I was just sent in to see where they went. But yeah, I've met a man named Henry. He's a prisoner here. I think he was here before me. Okay, that is quite dire. Um, what, what was your name again? I'm sorry. Alex. Alex Fira. I have to go rescue that man. That man's my father. Uh, I don't quite know what's going to happen here, but it is not good. There's people outside that want to get in. They're, they're of ill repute. You might try to exit now, but they might try to take you prisoner as well. But uh, I wish you the best of luck. I have to go now. Bye bye I wish you the best of luck. Uh... You don't think you need backup, or you see him like not standing steady at all, like every time. Yeah, she's like, she's like, uh, like looking at him, just kind of like, mm, you sure you're up for that? I hate for you to get hurt. Of course I'm up for it, and he kind of like falls down onto the ground. Oh, oh sorry. Dear. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do, and she like takes out her bag, leaves him a ration and water. I'm gonna go now. You eat this, drink this. Try to survive. I'm, I'm going to try to rescue everyone. You um, take care. Um, if you end up staying behind, if there's a big commotion, you might want to come check it out and help me. Uh, otherwise, get get the heck out of here. It is bad news. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll catch up with you probably. I'm just, I'll just rest here for a little. Yes, that's a great idea. Feel free to keep the hand axe. It's quite handy. And she winks. After that, she tries to like carefully leave the room without making a whole lot of noise. Yeah, so you go back to the door, kind of peek out. Yeah. Uh, make a perception check. Man, it's a nine. Okay. Yeah, you look out and you do not really notice anything. Okay, I think she's going to try to cast Pass Without a Trace again. Okay. And um, probably go check out that passageway that that group went through. All right. Roll a uh, stealth. It's going to be 23. Yeah, you start moving along. Down the hallway where you saw them go, you turn left and see another long passageway, and you start moving 
towards that. Eventually, you see a big doorway just to your left that's partially open, and you hear voices speaking draconic. Can I make out what they're saying, or do I need to get closer? I mean, yeah. With your stealth check, you can get really close to the door and be able to hear them well enough. Okay. You you hear them saying, like, we've, we've had the Black Jewel for years now, but haven't gotten it to open. Tiamat wants a mass sacrifice. Offer her as many, as many souls as possible to get it to hatch. It seems like this person talking is speaking to different Abishai. So, we'll go to the main room, offer our life and lives of others to help our god. Are you ready for this? And you just hear a unison, yes. Oh dear. So that 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 room that they're in, was that the biggest doorway? It's a It, it was a pretty big doorway. I don't know about the... It's the biggest you've seen, yeah. Okay. That's probably where the main place is. Is there any other doorways or entrances um, in the room that she's in or no? So yeah, you're, I mean, you're still in a passageway. So like down ahead of you, you see that there's another turn to the left, which maybe would lead to stuff. But in this hallway, there are no other doorways. Yeah, she's going to, she's going to try to go that way because it's not looking too good. (laughs) So she moves along that way. When you get to the end of the hallway, I'll have you make a perception check. Okay. Man, it's going to be a 12 for perception. You look around the corner and you see standing like in the center of this hallway are the prisoners with now just one Abishai by them with black like leathery skin just standing next to them, seemingly waiting for something. Do I hear footsteps behind me or anything? No. Okay. How far away is this dragon man from me? Probably about like 40 feet. Okie doke. Do I see my father? Yes, you see a halfling man. You don't get a look at his face, but you can obviously make the assumption it's your father. Are are, are all the prisoners blinded in some way? Yeah, they all have like a chain on them. Like manacles, yeah. Yeah, Uh, okay. This is not good. So that guy's waiting... The guard and the prisoners are waiting for something? Like, are they standing in front of a door? or? Yeah, they're they're standing in front of a door. I guess she would try to attack this guy okay oh boy okay let's go 25 all right that'll hit for seven damage nice 22 that'll hit four damage nice rolling it <laughs> 18 okay you'll go first i would like you to make another perception check sure oh my god an eight Eight. you're up <laughs> great if i move back would i still be able to shoot him yeah, I mean, you could shoot and then get cover. Yeah, I think I think I'll do that. Okay, I'm gonna shoot him twice. Nineteen. That'll hit. Five. Okay. Nat twenty. Mwah. And that'll be for thirteen damage. Thirteen. Nice. Yeah, and then she's gonna move back a ways. Okay. You just pop, pop, and then like duck behind. Yeah. The if wall. if I can, I'd like to shoot at one of his eyes, especially with a nat twenty. Yeah, I mean, you 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 shoot at him. Uh, one hits a wing. The other, like, glances off of an eyebrow and just starts, like, bleeding down into his face. Yeah. It's not, like, a direct hit, but definitely one that cuts hard and, you know, would be very hard to heal and causes a lot of just immediate pain. Cool. Yeah, move back and then that'll be my turn. All right. On his turn, you hear the big doors bang open and you hear in Draconic him yelling, Intruder! We have an intruder! Are you peeking in? Like peeking where he is? Yeah. Okay. You see 
on his turn, he yells that and then pulls the chains of the prisoners and moves them into the main room. Are the, are the doors closing? They're, they're still open. It just seems like he's doing that to pull the prisoners and then move away from your line of sight. Yeah, I guess I'd move closer so I can shoot him. Okay, so it's about like 40 feet to the doorway right. and he's through it. So like you would not really, you'd have to move about 40 feet for him to be in your sight. Man, I can't move 40 feet. Oh man, could I? Could I dash? Yeah, you could dash and get yeah. and get there. Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna do. All right, you dash and you get up to the doorway. Are you like just trying to just peek around the door? Yeah. Obviously not. Like, hey, here I fucking am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You peek around the door and you see it leads to a massive room. That's kind of what a lot of these different halls all seem to connect to. In the center of the room, you see probably about eight feet tall is what looks like a giant black egg. And you see around it are a handful of Abishai. And you see this black Abishai prisoners in tow, you know, moving in. As you look around the room and all of them are like looking at him and starting to kind of make steps to where you are, Mm -hmm. you see across the room from one of the hallways... Also peeking around the corner are two figures. One is a black-scaled dragonborn. Oh, my God. And the other seems to be, you just see a flash of copper hair. Okay, so, like, how far are the prisoners of the guy that I've attacked are from Vera right now? 30 feet. Does he look heavy? Definitely looks hurt, yeah. Okay. And there's a handful of dudes in front of the, the big stone? Yeah, there's, like, ten. Okay, uh, this is gonna get fun. Yeah, I think uh, I think at this point she'd probably like roll out and try to take out the prisoner chain man. Okay. So yeah, your action was moving up to the door. His is gonna continue running and pulling the chain with the prisoner. You okay. see, looking back is the halfling man, and you see his dazzling eyes lock on yours as you get immediate confirmation. This is your father. Father. Era, uh, make your attacks. Could I make it so, or like I attack his hand so he lets go of the chain? You can try. What I'll say is that will be like an aimed attack. So the to hit, you'll have a penalty. Oh boy, fuck it, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna cast Zephyr Strike on myself again. Mm-hmm. So I'll have advantage, and then I'm gonna aim for his hand. All right, roll to hit. Twenty three. That'll uh, so it's minus five, but that will hit. Okay, great. And that's eight damage. All right. He screams out in pain as just an arrow goes through his palm and he drops the chain. Can I tell them to run away? Yeah, you also get uh, another D8 of damage to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) Ooh, that's a seven, so it'll be 15 total. And then as your free action, you yell, run! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) run run away! away. They all, like, try to run different directions at first. This way! But then, yeah, they see where you are and start moving towards you. I guess I'll use my last shot on this guy. Okay. There's a 24 hit. That'll hit. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm roll my D8. That'll be 7, so it'll be 17 total. 17 total? Mm-hmm. You uh, hit him in the back of the neck, and he falls down onto the ground. Hurry! Hurry! Yeah, and they start running for you. At this moment, with you as a proper distraction... You see the copper-haired woman, your old friend, Oberyn, along with 
about six men holding crossbows and with swords on their back, step around the corner and charge! And they start moving. You see the copper-haired woman get in the fastest and pull out a sword and just slice one of them across the chest. Just blood starts dripping down. Oberyn has a crossbow of his own that he levels and takes a shot, hitting one in the shoulder. The men mostly miss because they're shitty stormtroopers. (laughs) (laughs) So are they closer to the jewel and all the guys then? They are about... I mean, they like ran into the room. So at this point, yes, the jewels probably it's in the center of the room, about 50 feet away from each door. As they all ran in, you know, they're about 25, 30 feet away from it now where you're like still at the doorway. Okay, so I I get 55 movement on my movement now for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to go grab that thing. So it remember, it's like eight feet tall. Oh no, it's eight feet tall? Yeah. It's a giant. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? (laughs) I know I can't break that with an arrow. Bad news. This is bad news. Got my pop pop, but what about this big jewel? I know it's bad news. I must destroy it or steal it. (laughs) God. So it's huge. It's absolutely massive. Yeah. Could I. (laughs) No, it's not gonna work. You know, I think I think Fira recognizes how bad this moment is, and that they were trying to do something. They're 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 trying to do a sacrifice for Tiamat, and her rivals are obviously looking for this thing. But she came and did what she wanted to do, and that was find her dad. So I, I think she realizes that she can't get everything she wants here, but she can hurt them a little bit. So she, could she could she shoot her longbow at at, at the Brando boy? And then run away with the, the prisoners. If she, so she's gonna shoot at Oberyn. Yeah, yeah, she could shoot at him. Okay. All right, roll the hit. Twenty-five. That'll hit Oberyn. Ten damage plus five, so it's fifteen damage. He's you know fighting off some Abishai and just hits in the chest. He yells out, looks around. It's like I didn't see any Abishai with bows and arrows. And then he looks over to you, bow in hand. And he yells out, I'll kill you the next time I see you. Hopefully there won't be a next time, dearie. She shoots again. <laughs> All right. That'll be a 14 to hit. Uh, that will not hit. Okay. Yeah, she's going to try to corral the, the prisoners out of here. Yeah, they keep running towards you. All chained. Their hands are just chained. Their legs are not. Uh, so they, you know, they're kind of slow, but but not as slow as they could be. Yeah, and they get over to you. Hurry this way. We got we to gotta leave here. Father? Are you well? Oh, as, as, as well as I've been in a long time. I can't believe this is you. I learned from the best. Well, hopefully you're better then. I'm just doing dandy, Father. How about we talk about this later? Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the prisoners is like, yeah, family reunions later, okay? Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, and you, you start running as you hear the battle between these Abishai and Dun men, copper-haired woman, and... Oberyn continuing. You run along the corridor and and start moving. As you're going, like walking back, you walk past that door, which it seems that room is empty now as they move from that little small chamber into the big chamber to join the fight. You So you run down that hallway and then you turn right for your second time and you start running down the hallway that you first came into. As you're about to turn left, you see a figure, black scales, an arrow, in his side, holding a crossbow pointed at you. They're better fighters than me in there. 
so they'll get these abbeys shy, but I can't just let you walk away, Pharaoh. I understand, Oprin, but here's the deal. I can't let you have that pretty, pretty jewel in there and just win off of all my hard work. I'd call it even. You won off my hard work last time. Uh, <laughs> I guess. So are we doing this or what? <laughs> Make a uh, competing dexterity checks to see who fires first. Okay. That is a soft 20. He had a 17. So you'll act first. My question is, is do I still get Zephyr Strikes that only last a minute? I don't know how much time has passed. You would have like one more round of it. So, okay, this seat's screwed. Nat 20, baby. Nat That'll 20, hit. baby. That's uh, going to be 12 damage for that plus 7. So that's 19 damage. That actually gets doubled that 7 as well. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so that's your first hit? Yeah, that's my first hit. And then a 21, 5 plus 2. So that's 7 damage. Yeah. You see him, like, aim it right for your face, but you're too quick for him. One of the chest one in the neck, and he just, like, grabs at it, drops the crossbow, falls back against the wall, kind of the jagged edges cutting into him as he slumps down. I was always the better one. And then you keep running out? Yeah. You start sprinting with your group. I need you, as soon as you run out, like, the main door below the, you know, figure of Tiamat to make a perception check. Sure. That will be a 12. Okay, that, that's enough. Uh, you see in the distance from one of the other sides are some Abishai like running out of one of the passageways and like seemingly heading towards the temple. Oh no, that's not good. Do they see me? Not yet. How many? Can I tell or no? You see three. Would it be possible to run past them or no? Just run past them? Yeah. You could try. You do remember have a group of... 10 chain prisoners. Yeah, that's the that's the really tricky part here. And I'm sure I cannot hide them well. Okay, come on everybody. We're going to hide in this room real quick. And we're going to go back in the room where I made my hand axe friend. Yeah, you like duck back, get into the room. You close the door just as you start to hear the footsteps coming into the main room. And you hear the footsteps pass the door by. You look up and you see... Alex there, slumped against the wall. Uh, you came back for me. Of course, Alex. I'd Th never forget you. Thank it's time you. to go, though, and we're going right now. Oh, oh yeah. I'll, I'll get up. And he uh, lifts himself up and starts coming with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be my favorite moment so far. <laughs> you guys uh, go out the door and start heading back. You're just mostly moving along the path that you came? Yeah. Okay. You move down the hallway and eventually get to the room that had started to lower on you before. You notice the trap seems to have reset since you went through, but the door does seem to be lowered slightly. As you peek into the room, you see poles, presumably the ones you found in the little compartment, being used to hold up the ceiling. They look to be embedded into tiny little divots on the floor, and the room seemingly looks safe to pass through. Do you move through it? Yeah. You move in and get out quickly without any sort of issue. Eventually, you get to where the paths split. I guess I'll go through the right door. Okay, yeah, so you start heading down the right tunnel. 
as you kind of rush along, it gets dark very quickly. So you light a torch, presumably? Yes. Yeah, you pull out a torch and start moving along this pathway. Roll a perception check. Okay. 11. Okay. So as you're moving, you do notice that, like, this pathway seems to be starting to slant up. Like, where all the other paths, like, when you came in here, everything was sloping down. As you start going down, like, uh, through this right path, it starts going up. Which, like, you know, is a decent sign that (laughs) it might be going in the direction you want it to be. Oh, okay. However, you do take a step and feel the ground kind of vanish from below you as the floor collapses. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Holy crap. Got a nat 20, dude. Nat 20? You feel your foot, like, fall into nowhere. That feeling, in, that, that, that like, gut feeling where you're like, oh my god, hits you for one second, but then you spin on the spot and, like, pull back and, like, just start kind of dangling hands spinning to your side. <laughs> the prisoners behind you stop as quickly as they can yeah. and don't, like, bump into you, but yeah, you're able to get it. It seems like just a five-foot spot when you look back down at the bottom are just spikes. You see a skeleton down there. Does it seem like I could traverse past this or no? It's five feet, so you could probably try to jump it. Are you saying like go around on the sides? It'd be, it'd be, yeah, I mean, you'd be sidling. It seems like it'd be especially hard to do for chained people. These these guys cannot jump as a group. Well, that's unfortunate. Alex has like a board. He's like, ah, and he puts it over and like, oh, Alex, I could kiss you right now. But we're too busy running away, so maybe later. (laughs) Uh, She's like, come on, everybody. Very carefully now. It is like a two-by-four, so it would be hard for the people. Oh. Because it's like the piece of wood he picked up. (laughs) Right. So it is Um, pretty, like, small. Oh, boy. Do you have anything else we could, uh... No. uh, If only only I had rope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe you could go ahead and try to find something that would get us across. Panicked. Yeah, I mean, right. I'll, I'll try to be quick. I'll try to be quick. And she's going to try to walk across the board. All right. Make a dex check. Twelve. That'll be enough. I mean, it's not overly difficult. It's mostly just a natural one check here, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but you take a few steps. It's a little shaky beneath you, but you get across. And you just start kind of jogging along. You notice that the pathway continues upward. And probably after about, like three minutes or so of moving forward, you notice like 10 feet ahead of you is like a little bit of light peeking through something. Like it's not like full light as if this is an open passageway, but a little light is peeking through. Do you still head towards it? Yeah. Yeah. You get there and you notice that it's like foliage. It's plants that are kind of covering this entrance. So only part of the light is coming through and you push forward and push through it and find yourself back on the island, back in the jungle. Um, can I spot anything that can help my group of prisoners? Yeah, roll a perception check. 19. So you look around, you know, try to kind of orient yourself. You look out in the distance. From where you stand on the island, you can see a little ways away is the mythic bitch. It'd be hard to get there, but, you know, you can see it kind of in the distance. This part is actually fairly close to um, the entrance for, like, the tall, jagged tower that you came like you can see that in the distance 
Uh, okay. You don't see anything that could help you a ton, but you know, there was a lot of stuff by the camp in general that could probably be used. How far away is the camp right now? So like from where you stand, you look, you see the tower is probably like 500 feet away maybe. Uh, and the camp was like a hundred feet or so away from that. She blows her whistle. Pert ah! flies over. My dearest Pert, ah. hope you're well. Yeah. And she pets him. She says to him, Pert, I have a very important mission for you. Probably the most important mission so far. I need you to find a big board or something. Something big people could walk on. Does that make sense? And she like she makes like a like a walking motion with her hand and like uh, her other hand like on top of it. Yeah, and he flies off. And yeah, he comes back a little bit later with a barrel. How big is this barrel? It. I mean, it's taller than you. Okay. Pretty heavy. He's like. <laughs> oh my boy. This will have to make you look for something else. I'm gonna be right back. And she like, I guess she turns it on its side and tries to like roll it down the path. Yeah. You start rolling it down along. Can you make a perception check for me? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Nine. So yeah, you push it. Something you would notice, like it. It's heavy. It does whatever is in it. It doesn't seem to be entirely full. And you notice as you move, you are going downhill for the most part, which makes it easy, but it does seem like it's getting lighter and easier to roll as you move along. Do I, so I guess I don't notice if something's leaving it, I just notice the weight's different? You just notice the weight's different. Probably gunpowder or water. Oh dear, okay. Got to be careful. I guess she just keeps moving along. She doesn't want those people to get hurt. Yeah, you uh, eventually get back to where they are and the barrel is kind of rolling on its own at this point. Do you try to, like, stop it? Yes. Okay. Make a strength check. Oh my god, I got a 17! <laughs> you, like, put your hands in, and it, like, drags you for a bit. Um, and it's, no, 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 no! And you dig your feet in, and then it just, like, stops. <sighs> and you're, like, right by the little gap. Can I, can I try to, like, wedge it or something? Yeah, it seems like, especially maybe if you, like stuffed something next to it yeah i could do that yeah you roll it in as you like put your bedroll next to it and it just is kind of wedged in there it doesn't seem to be the greatest or sturdiest thing but it, it it's stuck enough all right i think this will have to do be very careful okay they all like look at you like, oh my god, we're gonna die. <laughs> and then your father is like, go, 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 go! And then they start moving and they run across, and it holds. And they keep going, <laughs> just like not wanting to stop. <laughs> Come on, Alex, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, of course. <gasps> I'll lead you to safety, guys. And he continues along. <laughs> oh, oh, Alex. You. Uh, all eventually get to the exit. Pert's there. He sees your dad and flies over to him and kind of like gives him a little peck. Just, oh, this is wonderful. Pets him. <sighs> We've made it. Let me go get the ship and um, we'll get out of here. She calls for Pert. She's like, Pert, I need you to go to the mythic bitch and call them to come over here. We'll we'll be waving by the coastline, so <laughs> we should be pretty easy to see. Uh, I'll, I'll light the torch as well. You go over to the coastline. Pert flies over to the ship and you see after a few moments it starts to move towards you you look back to the big stone structure and only imagine the kind of fighting that's still going on there 
you light a torch and nobody from the camp seems to notice you or move towards you. You kind of get the assumption most people are probably in the temple by now. The ship gets close, but there's no dock, so it can't get terribly close, but you do see it lower a little rowboat. And then as it comes over and sees how many people are there, uh, you see the person rowing point and have them lower another one. Rowing it eventually comes up to the beach of the island is Arnvik. What the hell kind of trouble are you getting yourself into? Arnie, I'll tell you all about it later. We got to get out of here now. All right. He looks out. Goddamn, I said I'd never step foot on this island. <laughs> no worries. There's no curses. It's just bad people. <laughs> you see another boat coming over, and in it, rowing it, is Hypatia and the gnome, Little Sims. Little Sims hops out, and you see him pull like little lockpicks from his pocket, goes over, picks just the- Little Sims, thank you so much. You're a lifesaver. I can save your life in more ways than... And then Hypatia hits him in the back of the head. Shut up! Uh, <laughs> they get a handful of the manacles off. Not all of them, just enough to kind of separate them into the two boats and jump in and start rowing back. If there's not enough room, Fira can take Pert back to the mythic bitch. There, there'd be enough room for Fira. Pert was probably have to fly. Okay, yeah. Fira tells Pert to fly back to the ship. She's, she's going to try to... S- be on the boat with her father? Okay, yeah. You're on the boat with your father and with Arnvik as he rows. Father, can... I know this is a very dire event and a lots of crazy stuff just went down, but I had to ask what, what happened. It's been years. I was so worried about you. Well, I got hired for the job to come explore Old Isle. And as we were in our excavation process, we came across the temple and... Abishai took us. They um, kept us in there for a long while, asked us questions, tried to get us to convert to their religion. It's been hell in there, Fira. Oh my. I'm so sorry. I wish I'd... I wish I'd came quicker. At least you came at all. Arnvik continues to row. So what'd you get? Oh, my father. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess I'll take 30% of them then. That's fair. If you have to take a percentage, maybe um, what's left of his hair? Goddamn, Fira. Goddamn. She winks. And that's where we're going to end this session. <laughs> you row off, get on Arnvik's ship, and sail to relative safety. Man, that was that was really intense, <laughs> dude. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that got, uh, <laughs> that got tough, man. How uh, close were you to getting knocked out? So that one fight with a solo, I'm sorry. I, I just cannot remember those things. I'll be shy. Um, yeah, that guy. That guy almost killed yeah. me. I was I was like at 30 Ooh. damage and I have like 46 health. Yeah. But every other fight I was relatively okay. okay. All right. Well, uh, if any of you listened through the whole thing, thank you uh, for listening. We'll, I'll, I'll be back with another episode of Once Upon a Roll, uh, you know, in two weeks, hopefully. Perry, thank you for coming on. Thanks for playing. Dude, thanks for having me, man. This is a whole lot of fun. Good. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How would you, I, as your first one-on-one session, how did how did it feel? It feels a lot more, a lot more is on the line. Yeah. Because you don't have anyone else to rely on yeah. to do something cool. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh god, please don't fuck up all the time. It's also like you have to be on 24/7. I enjoyed it. It's a lot more intense, and there's a lot. It felt like there's a lot more that I had to do to ensure that I got something done, which is pretty rewarding in yeah yeah it's also like 
with a party, if you hit zero HP, you know, someone will hopefully save you. <laughs> but but exactly. when it's just Fira, it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll, I'll see you in the next one. Have a good day. Or Bye. Not. Bye.